Welcome to the Angels Podcast, Neurodivergent Chats, where we chat about life as neurodivergent families. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss or any questions, please email us at podcast at angelsupportgroup.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. Hi, and welcome to Angels Neurodiversity Chat. I'm Judith, a member of staff at Angels, specialist parent support worker, and I'm uh, with uh, Penny, my colleague, also a specialist parent support worker, and has been for quite some years um, at Angels Support Group. And today we thought we would interview uh, a colleague of ours, Caroline, also a member of staff at Angel, um, because we're going to talk particularly today about attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, so ADHD. And Caroline has some personal experience of that that she, bless her, has been prepared to share with us. So <laughs> we're we're sitting around the three of us and we um we we were hoping to do this chat about ADHD. So I think Penny was going to start with with a first yeah. Question. So yeah, welcome Caroline, and Hello. hope you know this isn't too daunting. Um, <laughs> so when did you first realise that you might ADHD? I do think there was a eureka moments okay i think it was a very slow little drip feed when my eldest was diagnosed with adhd and i hadn't thought he had adhd he went for a dyspraxia assessment and the doctor said oh yeah adhd and i was like oh i don't really know anything about that and as i learned more about him and about it i was sort of like oh i was a bit like that oh i did a bit like that and so it took a while for all those thoughts to come together it's like hmm. oh I probably am like that. I probably do have ADHD. Mm. I was kind of really comfortable with it. It wasn't like a sudden shock, like, oh gosh, it just all like, yeah, that makes sense. That totally relates to the child I remember I was yeah. or the teenager I remember yeah. I was. And I just felt really comfortable with it. And, and eventually I thought, actually, I do need a diagnosis because I need to be able to say to other people rather than, oh, I think I might, or, mm. you know, just to be able to say with that certainty of having a professional rubber stamp it, mm. just kind of gave me the freedom to say, oh, yeah, I have ADHD. Mm. And especially at work, I think sometimes to tell other parents I have ADHD might be helpful for them to kind of come mm. to terms with it themselves, mm. that it's not anything yeah. to feel embarrassed or shame about, that actually exactly. it's, it's just part of who you are, who you've always been. You haven't suddenly changed absolutely into this ADHD person. And I, when we talk to parents and we think about families with kids with ADHD and adults with ADHD, you know, there is some very many positives to that. I'm sure you, as, as we'll, we'll talk about, you know, it's not it's not something um, to feel doom and gloom about. I hope yeah. you don't. I don't think you have. You've kind of embraced it. Not at it. all. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I don't think I ever felt like, oh, it's my superpower. But I can definitely see there are superpowery elements mm. to it. It's just, I think it's sort of like I, I know I need to go and consider getting diagnosed with a, probably both ADHD and autism, to be fair. Um, but for me, it just some of the things that you see in your children make sense of things that you went through when you were a child. Definitely. And I think that sort of is what happens with a lot of parents, isn't it, when they're yeah. When, when the children are being diagnosed yes. and, and you're going through that process, you see um, what's going on and you think, that makes so much sense to me now. That's why I did that. So maybe that's the, the reason. Line, so I think it is, you know, it's, it's good in a way 
um, that it, it came across like that, not was just like this, oh, my God, I've got ADHD. Yeah. Because I think, again, lots of us as adults who might end up with a, a diagnosis at some point um, can be quite put off by that, can't they? They mm. can be a bit sort of scared by the whole what getting yeah. a diagnosis what does that mean, mean for my identity yeah. or how yeah. and exactly and how has it affected the way people treat you or has it affected the way you see relationships with other people i don't think so um i think because generally i'd always been quite accepting of these elements being part of my nature anyway so i don't think it has sort of affected that I think some people are quite surprised because they think, oh, but you're really organised and your life mm. is, you know, orderly from the yes. outside. Yes. And, you know, the doctor might say, but, you know, it doesn't make sense because you'll always come with all the paperwork. And But what they haven't seen is that disproportionate amount of effort. You've had to put in to get Running around the house all night long, trying to find yeah. it, you know, feeling stressed out that you don't know what thing was that you had yesterday mm. and all of that effort that goes into presenting well and I guess you you created your strategies which is what That's we try and help families think yeah. about the strategies for their children yeah. as an adult you've kind of you've done that yourself but that doesn't mean it is without pain or energy that's needed to go into that yeah so, Karen, can we just take you back and think about you at school should we just <laughs> kind of stop can you give us a little bit of an idea of how how things were for you at school yeah, they were, it depended on how, I guess, I was perceived. So it's really interesting. I had two school reports, one from one teacher and one from another teacher, describing this small person, five or six. And you can tell they're describing the exact same person, but from a very different perspective. Right. So one was like, oh, she's really confident and fun and always contributes and has got lots of energy and... You could see she saw that as a really positive contribution to the class. Mm. And the other teacher was, oh, she's always busy with her own schemes and plans and, you know, disruptive and all those sorts of things. Yeah. So actually there was a lot of negative messaging from them. Mm. And I do remember always standing in the corner, standing facing the corner because things came out of my mouth when I shouldn't have been talking. And immediately I felt like, oh, I wish I could suck them back in, but it's too late. I'm now in the corner staring okay. at the wall. So there we go. There's a feature. Um, yeah. We perhaps should have just run through the features of ADHD in case anybody listening doesn't doesn't know what they yeah. are. But one of them certainly is impulsivity. Oh yes. One is in inattention and inability to focus and 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 hyperactivity. Yeah. So again, it's also worth saying you can have ADHD brackets ADD, which hasn't got that hyperactivity element. And also the hyperactivity element can come out in various ways. It's not necessarily somebody bouncing from the walls, jumping over the furniture. You know, Just as Caroline has beautifully described, it could be, you know, very verbal. verbal. Often it is in girls. <laughs> girls generally, that is where the hyperactivity, I think, because my daughter is a bit like that. She, when she needs to tell you something, she talks really, really quickly. Right. And it's like she needs to come up for air. Um, yes, and it's quite amusing. I mean, my family members are always laughing at me because I would talk so quickly and talk so much and interrupt everybody and finish everybody's jokes and sentences. Right. And my sister, who was a bit more uh, measured in how she spoke, and like she didn't you know, get to the punchline and I'd deliver it. And you just the frustration for my poor sister, but 
there was no control yeah none. yeah impulsivity yeah. and and um, that hyperactivity com combined yes okay so at school then you were in the corner facing the wall because because you you'd spoken could not talk right out of turn or whatever yeah mm. so never really well it depends how you looked at it but never naughty mm. but always in trouble okay which is that sort of disconnect isn't it yeah yeah you're not and it, and that happens a lot doesn't it for our, for children with ADHD um we see that a lot in in a lot of families that we support where schools don't really understand the ADHD and so they tell the child off for things that they can't actually help and that hopefully is starting to become more understood mm. in school but I do think it's still quite a big problem for lots of children Definitely. and certainly girls because girls just don't get picked up really early enough do they no and i think if you're getting into trouble and you feel more anxious you're more likely to show those behaviors yeah as well they come out more so you sort of it's a bit of a spiral official yeah. circle keeps yeah. going around doesn't it the more and i think the other thing that we see certainly with our families is that adhd be it with girls or boys you know if there is going to be constant retribution or, or telling off or, or pointing out from the the teacher we get to a point where these children lose a bit of self-esteem really don't yeah. they and, and they have um you know find that they're kind of quashed a little bit and clearly a classroom has got 30 children and, and the teacher's got to, got to manage that but we need to talk about and think about the strategies that the child or that the, the teaching staff employ or, or yeah. the staff generally to give these children a, a break a movement break a fidget toy or whatever all those and we're not really here to talk about those strategies i guess but just yeah. uh, just to throw that in so caroline carrying on through your school time did that kind of was that the story of your school right through to no not really i think i did learn a little bit not to sort of speak out and even to some points i think some some people thought i was quiet because i could either not speak at all or speak all the time right there was no middle there was no middle ground i think and actually as i sort of got older it came through in an inability to focus and study and sort of the impulsivity was less at school but more in my sort of with my friendships or the things that i was going to do or get involved with right you know i didn't think twice about all the things you probably shouldn't do you know, we're smiling at Caroline here. You can't see that on the podcast. Yeah, okay. What's she going to tell us about? But you know, just thinking, oh, it's a good idea to try a cigarette, or you know, all those things yeah. that other children might. And there's, it's not. And my mum would always be like, "Why are you doing that? Is it because of peer pressure?" No, it's because I had a thought, and then the action happens. And it's as simple as that. It's just you know, there's there's no processing time in the middle. There's just no. the thought and the thing Yeah, yeah. And not really thinking of the consequence. Oh no. No. No, that doesn't figure. No. At all. No. That's and we talk as well, just because you mentioned cigarettes, and I'm sure we could think about other things that people might take or use. And we talk about that idea with ADHD of people self-medicating. Yeah. Finding the thing, be it a substance or whatever it is, that that helps them cope, yeah. really, would you say? That was part yeah. of your... Yeah, definitely. Um, because you've got a lot of energy, I suppose, as well, and lots of stimulants, you know, sugar even can kind of be right. self-medication. Yes, yes. A glass of Coke, which sounds like it should really make you 
find really calming because it's sort of quite yeah. grounding in a way so there's even small things like that it doesn't have to be you know taking lots of drugs mm. or you know yeah. we all sort mm. of or self-medicate in that's interesting ways. you say that because we get asked quite a lot about sugar and adhd children it's yeah. like a lot of children with adhd crave sugar yeah and if it if it is that it's calming mm. then that would make sense mm. why yeah. because and, and i've always wondered i've always thought there must be some link between sugar and the adhd brain um because even with my son he he does like crave sugar and he always has and he always goes to sugary things when he's not able to occupy himself or he's feeling a little bit sort of buzzy. Um, he always goes for something sweet. And what does that do to him? Well, it just, it's, it, I, I'm guessing it does yeah. what Caroline said and it, it does, it has the opposite. Mm. um effect where it calms him down a little bit it's it makes so him... counterintuitive yeah it? well yeah and everyone thinks that sugar makes you more hyperactive or yeah more off the scale but actually yeah. i i do think that there is a link between sugar and adhd that that needs to be investigated definitely and i think it's it's different for everybody so with my children some can have lots of sugar and actually there's no impact and another one can have sugar and oh they're off, the, off, off yeah. the ball. And this yeah. actually is where science is going, so it's completely yeah. off topic. I happen to be interested in nutrition, but this whole yeah. personalised thing and how actually people do, you know, respond differently. differently. But yeah. that comes to the point of you managing to work out what was right and what is right for you. Yeah. And how to help yourself manage what, yeah. whatever you need to do. Now, of course, it's work and, and, and looking after a family. Yeah. So... Is there anything you want to share about how, I don't know, how you've ma managed to kind of put in strategies that mean you recognise what you find difficult and you've got a way of dealing with it? Yeah, I think I have lots of strategies. And since I sort of recognised that I have ADHD, I've come to recognise how many strategies I have. Right. They're coming out of my ears. You know, Not literally, I can just say to people. Yeah. <laughs> Lists are really important. And I think that's, there's part of the, the dopamine hit of ticking the thing off the list. And I might even, if I've done something extra, put it on the list just so I can tick it off, even though I'm not really reminding myself to do it. But just to keep in order all the things, nothing comes out of my email until it's been dealt with. So that's like a to-do list. Mm. I have alarms on my phone for everything. It's not fail safe because often I've set the alarm for the wrong day because I haven't taken notice the details. Right. Um, and it is difficult. I mean, there have been times when I've not turned up for work because I've forgotten that mm. I'm supposed to be doing something mm. particular. And then that feeling, that crashing feeling of I didn't do the thing I was supposed to do is quite, it's quite a strong, uncomfortable feeling. Does it sit with you a long time? Yeah. That... Yeah. And I think that is a real skill that women with ADHD can sort of work on is that self-compassion of not really beating ourselves up about the mistakes that we make because you can really focus on them yeah because often the hyperactivity is in your mind and so once that thought gets in there it can just bounce around for mm. such a long time you don't know what to do with it you can't move on mm. and it's sort of I think the only way you can move on is that self-compassion actually it's okay Right. Yeah, I I struggle with that. That's yeah. one of the things I really struggle with. If I make a mistake or do something wrong or forget something, 
it plagues me for days. Yeah. I relive it throughout mm. for the rest of that day, all through the night, all through the next day. It takes me about three or four days to work myself through it to move on from it. Yeah. I haven't really worked a way of being able to do that quicker. I am getting better at it, but it's only really very hard. recently because actually a mistake feels like a trauma. Yeah. Because actually you're waiting for the mistake that you're going to make that's going to be unfixable. I think that's what it is. Mm. What am I going to do that is going to be too big to fix? Yeah. That's why I think sometimes you become a fixer. Right, I've made a mistake, now I have to fix it. I can't wait to just see what's going to happen. I yeah. need to do everything I can. So, and that, that, might, that might well be the, the thing that, that causes me the problem. Yeah. Because often... It is when something's so like if I have a near miss, for instance, if I'm driving the car and I have a near miss and it might have been my fault. I can't move on from that because there wasn't any way. Yes, I didn't have the accident and I should be okay, but because I nearly did, I got it wrong. And then that's the bit I get stuck with and I go on that goes round and round my head for so long. And I can't work through that. It's yeah, really because there isn't a fix for it because if I'd have crashed, there would have been a fix because you'd have contacted the insurance. And, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? You but would it never have, came to a conclusion. But it never came yeah. to that. Yeah. If there's no conclusion, yes. yeah. I am stuck okay. in that for days. And the fix would normally be, what can I do to avoid that happening in the future? And you can't avoid no. everything. No, you can't. Can you? So do you think that's part of the underlying reason for the anxiety that often yeah. goes with ADHD? Yeah, I really think right. it is. Yeah, okay. probably. Because that's still process. It's it's the hyperactivity bit of it going around your head and trying to work out yeah. the fix or the yeah. That's because yeah. you don't want to let other people down, do you? And sometimes having ADHD does mean that you let other people down, or you do things mm. or say things that might mm. hurt someone's feelings or that sort of thing. And I think <clears throat> as a parent, <clears throat> excuse me, of um, a child with autism, you sort of they need predictability. They need you to remember what you said you're going to do. Right. You know, they need all that structure that is so hard for someone with ADHD. And mm. I, I would often carry that as all. Well, you know, I wish I could be that parent that he needs or that the children mm. need. Mm. And I did have an epiphany. It's like actually, I'm exactly the right parent mm. because when things go wrong, I'm dynamic. I can change what I'm doing in the yeah. moment. Yeah, I can suddenly drop everything. Yeah and go and be where I need to be. Mm. Now, I don't need to live mm. with that mm. structure. I'm, you know, an impulsive person that likes to be spontaneous, but also mm. that means I can change the way I'm doing things yeah. and respond to the situation. Absolutely, and there you've got your superpower. That's it. You, you, that's, and that combined with self-compassion and being yeah. prepared to, you know, to recognise that it's because of your ADHD that these things don't yeah. work for you, you know, that feels to me like you've got a... A good good balance to be able to run your yes. life and to feel like and, and a lot of um insight into your children's um things they find difficult too yeah that's it so actually i think it is beneficial for me being the way i am hmm. to my yeah. autistic child yeah definitely definitely i agree i think i have element i definitely have some elements of adhd my the biggest one i've the biggest difficulty i find with that is when i'm reading I can't, I have to read the paragraph about 20 times before <laughs> I've actually retained any of it. And sometimes I don't even retain it. 
and I just have to move on because actually it doesn't matter how many times I read it, I'm not going to retain mm-hmm. that. So, but if I'm reading something that I'm really, really interested in, I'm like a sponge and I don't need mm-hmm. to keep rereading it. But I do find that when I'm concentrating, I have a million thoughts going through my head. Oh, I need to hang the washing out. Oh, I need to do so-and-so. Oh, what's the time? Oh, yeah, I need to make sure. This... That's all going on in my head while I'm concentrating on whatever yeah. I'm doing. And that is really, really distracting. It's hard to find relief <laughs> from your own thoughts, isn't it? Yeah, and that's yeah. Hot. that's that's the that's the thing that I find about ADHD the most difficult for me. The constant kind of brain activity yeah, and worry yeah, yeah. around certain things. Yeah, and, and, it, and it affects me at every single minute of every single day so even when I'm asleep I get woken up by thoughts in my head yeah and it's exhausting isn't it it is <laughs> so you, you don't, don't sleep, sleep properly oh, and always from being totally very very small the moment I was supposed to go to sleep and there was no nothing to look at nothing to listen to my mind would go mm crazy yeah. and it keep you up all night so i i need a certain level of stimulation in order to sleep right i need to keep my brain focusing on something interesting yeah so that my thoughts are to calm over. your thoughts and allow yeah and your body will, yeah and that is i think a really good strategy I'm really comfortable with that rather yeah. than that, oh you know i should be able to lie in the dark with no sound mm. on i should be able to do this and actually that's not how i made up that's okay. And I think when you're an adult with a diagnosis, you, you know, you, you can work through those things. The things yeah. I, you know, when you think about children, we, we kind of, as parents, we make the, these assumptions and we put, you know, yes. things in place that we think are right. But actually, um, when, when you are not having to be squeezed into a system or anything as a child yes. is in an educational sense or, or um, as an adult, you can take control of the things yes. that you know work for you. Yeah. That's quite great. That, that's great. But actually, for you to be able to say that now might help some of the families that are listening. Um, that idea that you need something to help you go to sleep that actually others might find stimulating, but actually you need yeah. that to calm the other thoughts. Yeah. So what kind are we talking about listening to music? No, music leaves lots of room for thoughts. Yeah. Okay. So it has to, but it, it can't be a, a story like an audio book, because if my thoughts drift off, I've lost my place in the right. stories and I won't remember where I got to go back to. So it will be generally Radio 4 because it's topical and interesting enough to hold my attention without being too bombastic or exciting or upsetting that I'm going to start worrying about what I'm listening to. So it's a very specific Mm. level that I've come to know that's the level that I need. And so that's fine. It's weird because I use podcasts at night. Yeah, I I do sometimes. I listen to podcasts. I put the podcast on, I lay down, and then generally I am about to fall asleep as it finishes mm. and that works for me mm. um that's fairly recent i've found that but i always i've always found i can go to sleep if i've been watching something that's quite intense before i go to bed okay. yeah okay. because that is the thing that's occupying my mind and everything else is then shut out and then i can start to feel tired and fall asleep yes. Because I've only got the one thing going on in my head. Right. If I've got more than that going on in my head, I've got no chance of going to sleep. It's interesting. If I've watched something like that, I get really overstimulated yeah. and then I can't sleep at all. See how individual it's it is. So it's strange. It's so different. So I was just going to ask you what, one more thing. We need to kind of wrap up in a little bit. Mm. I, was just, I wonder whether you notice any 
exercise or, or any physical activity having an impact on your on your ADHD or any other strategies? I was just wondering, we talk sometimes about the need to get it out, whatever that means, you know. Yeah, I think burst. it probably would. I think procrastination is a real barrier for me for right. regular exercise. I think, right, tomorrow morning I'm going to do my exercise and then a whole load of distracting things come up of, oh, I'll just do this, I'll right. just do that, I'll just do that. And so it's hard to really embed a proper routine, especially when you've got children who've all got things they sure. need to be done as well. Mm. I think it would. I haven't conquered that quite okay. yet. And I think procrastination is a big part of, yeah. of ADHD, isn't it? It is one of those things that lots of I've heard lots mm. of people with ADHD say that that is yeah, real, started on real difficult yeah, yeah yeah you know you've got to do something but yeah. actually finding a way of being able to start that or getting yes stopping what you're doing and going to do that thing yeah. is really difficult and I am I am definitely one of those yes and conversely stopping what you're doing yeah as well. yeah and so for example I find jigsaws soothing to a point mm. until I can't now stop yeah and like just one more piece okay just one more piece and then that can be actually Wait, you've got to finish it what felt good and was calming has now become a stressor and recognizing when to stop yeah and it's quite difficult yeah I, I i do i do have that i'm i'm like that with some things not everything there are some things i can yeah i've had enough of that i can stop that now yeah but there are some things that like you say i can't stop till i've finished okay appreciate yeah thank <laughs> you we have crochet projects on the go, yeah. hey, Penny. Okay. Well, I, do you know, I don't know what anybody feels listening to this or how we feel, but um, I feel like we should be having a part two. I feel like there's yeah. probably other things more. that we could. I think there is more, <laughs> Caroline, so we might have to drag you back, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm um, so happy to come back. Bless you. Thank you ever so much. You've been a star. Thank you. Um, thank you ever so much for listening, all of you out there, and I hope it's been helpful and useful. Any suggestions or feedback, we're very happy to have. Any suggestions for further topics? Um, please, please do get them into us. Our email is podcasts at angelsupport.org.uk. Thank you.